in the beginning of any time that anybody exercises and if anybody has started exercising, you know the beginning is the hardest. You're going to have a whole week of DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness, right? This is you working out on Monday, Tuesday, you wake up, you're like, yeah, I feel kind of stiff. Wednesday, you wake up and you think, holy crap, what is wrong with me? I've had people tell me like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm, I'm so much more sore than the day before. That can't be normal. That is normal. You know, but if you keep doing it for that week, uh, for the, up until that second week, you'll feel less sore. By that third week, you're even less sore. At fourth week, you, it's manageable is what I always tell people. And that it doesn't matter whether you decide to do body weight training, strength training, whether you decide to go bouldering, cycling, that progression is always going to be the same. You're going to feel crappy the first week, but you're going to feel alive. From the suburbs of Charm City, Baltimore, Maryland, welcome to Pelham Place. Casual conversations with some of the most interesting people in the world whose stories and experiences will help you live, learn, and grow. Here's your host, Jay Pelham. Like myself, Jimmy Kim was overweight most of his life. But for the last 10 plus years, MC Kim, as his clients call him, has been a fitness coach, competing in martial arts competitions and completing obstacle courses, all while showing others that there is more than one way to train, eat, and live. When he's not working with one-on-one -on -one clients, he's hosting the Remix My Fitness online classes and the Audio Workout Podcast. MC Kim, welcome to Pelham Place. Jay, a pleasure to be here and pleasure to, uh, you know, uh, to, to talk to all your listeners today. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's great to have you. And, uh, uh, you know, we actually got to meet for a few minutes uh, online a, a week or so ago, and, uh, and we had very... Uh, very similar uh, stories, although maybe not uh, maybe not uh, ending up the same way. But but both of us were uh, were much heavier uh, mm -hmm. in a in a former life. Um, I went the route of uh, using gastric bypass surgery as a tool. And most of my uh, my friends, I've never talked about it on the podcast, but most of my friends and and you know people around me know that. Um, and uh, so I know what it's like to uh, to to go through, you know, making that decision, making making the choice to make a change. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, let's get into it. What's let's tell your story. Who is Jimmy Kim and, and what inspired <laughs> your fitness journey? For sure. I mean, I think I think you 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 set our tagline. And for me, that what your story is and our tagline that there's more than one way to train, eat and live, you know, I think fits perfectly because um, yes, we probably had the same results, um, but how we got there was different. You went through the, the gastric pipe bypass route. And for myself, I've been, I've been overweight for the majority of my majority of my life. And, you know, maybe that's not so typical of a uh, regular weight loss story is I was overweight uh, and then I lost a bunch of weight and got into fitness and health and, um, you know, really got into the strength training, bodybuilding world. Um, and then I went to post-secondary school and I gained the weight back with a serious vengeance, you know, from there, my longtime girlfriend, now my wife, she is, uh, you know, we, we call her, we call her the chubby chaser. She, she liked her guys, you know, a, a little bit bigger. So she didn't mind me, uh, you know, gaining weight, continuing to be, to be overweight. And, uh, you know, you know, of course, you know, there was the health aspects of it, but, uh, yeah, you know, again, I, I found, uh, I found another way back to getting to where I wanted to go. And, uh, you know, it started with, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to find that trigger. I wanted to find that why of why do I want to lose weight in the first place? Because I felt relatively pretty happy on my own. Um, but I felt like everybody else were the ones that were unhappy for me. I would meet friends, I would meet family, and of course they had their best interests in mind. But they were kind of like, well, you know, Jimmy, you should lose weight. Here's a great way to lose weight. If you do 200 skips, if you eat this, if you eat that, and it was just constantly bombarding me with the, all this information that, and I, you know, and I was thinking to myself, like, do I even want to lose weight? You know, it kind of started with that why first, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of found my way, uh, you know, through through many trials and tribulations and struggles, but uh, I got there, you know. That's amazing. And, you know, I read uh, a quote of yours on your website, uh, remixmyfitness.com for everybody listening. It says, I train because I have a love-hate relationship. 
<laughs> what is that love-hate relationship? Explain that to me. Well, I, I think I think anybody who might have started, you know, exercising, like the, the hardest part of working out or hardest part of getting doing anything is is the start, right? Like to, to get out off your couch or to get out of bed to go for that run or to go into your car for that drive or wherever you want to go to wherever you need to get to to get your workout in. It's hard, right? It's hard. But once you're there, once you're doing it, it's 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 all love. It's nothing but fun. You you want to get better, whether you're playing on the basketball courts or whether you're in the weight room or whether you have decided to put on those shoes and go for a run. You're looking to get that one more step. Once you're out there, you're not thinking, okay, you know what? I better I better make it back. I you know I'm gonna turn the corner here and make it all the way home. Once you started running, you're you're going. And and I think the reason why we do this is because we because we love doing it. Otherwise, why why would we? I love that. I so. After I lost uh, most of, of the weight that I lost after surgery, um, I wanted to get into to bike riding. And, you know, I, I live in, in Baltimore. And, of course, you know, it's busy streets all over the place. I, I was I had a bike accident uh, when I was in high school. And uh, it, it was, you know, I was just riding my I was riding. I was interning at a recording studio and was riding uh, to the internship that day and hit a spot in the road that flipped me over the handlebars and I lost my vision. I, you know, completely, you know, did me in. Um, I was pretty much done with, with cycling after that. And of course that was way, I was much heavier then too. Um, so it was a scary experience. After I lost the weight, I decided that I wanted to bike ride. But I didn't want to ride on, I didn't want to road cycle. I wanted to get on a trail, um, you know, maybe not necessarily mountain biking, but I wanted to be, you know, where I could just ride one way and come back. Like I, I wanted to know like, okay, this is my halfway point because I know I have to ride that far to get back to my car. <laughs> right. And it was great. I mean, we have, you know, there's the whole rails and trails uh, systems throughout the country and it's, it's these old uh, you know, rail lines that were converted to walking and bike trails. And there's one here just north of us in uh, northern Baltimore County that runs, you know, 40 something miles up past the Pennsylvania state line. And, uh, you know, started out where I would just do, you know, I'd go five miles and then five miles back, 10 miles, 10 miles back until one day I just, I just kept going. And I, you know, I went two miles over the state line. And uh, I think that was, I think that was 20, 23 miles or something like that. And then I had mm. to do the 23 miles back, but you're right. It's a, you know, you have to know, um, you know, you get to a point and then there's, there's still work to do. Still uh, always, so it, there's always work to do. And, you know, I, th I think, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you, you mentioned the ride where you have to, you have to go somewhere and you, you really don't have any choice, but to come back, you know, this morning I went for a run uh, with, with some neighbors and, we were just kind of like talking like it takes it takes me and I, th I thought I was only I thought I was the only one, you know, it takes me like six minutes of running, you know, distance before I'm just before I kind of stop hating my life, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm running and I'm thinking, OK, wait, I, I'm praying that that stops that stoplight is going to turn red so I can I can take a break. Right. But then once you start running uh, or, or even cycling, you, you get to maybe two three blocks in and it's by that time is there's a point of no return you you can't you can't go like you can go back but you don't and um however far you run you gotta you gotta run back you know i don't take my wallet with me either so um, i'm forced to go and, and i think that's where you know, maybe running outdoors cycling outdoors has its advantage uh rather than getting on the treadmill because the treadmill you can just hit that stop button right Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that you were out with friends. It, do you find that it's easier to complete that run uh, when you're running with a partner or a group of, of uh, friends? Or is it easier for you when you're just in your own mindset, focused, you know, just on what you need to accomplish for that day? Or is it two different experiences? It's definitely two different experiences. And I, I think it depends on where you are in life. Generally speaking, I, I like to work out by myself. Um, back when gyms were, gyms were open, gyms are, are not open here in where, where I'm in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I fortunately have the ability to have, you know, facilities where usually it's just me by myself or very, very, very few people. 
Uh, I like no music. I like running to no music. I don't, I don't, I don't like having gadgets and things like that around me. Um, but what I've noticed during, during this pandemic and during this period where I am teaching people all day virtually, um, I had less motivation to want to continue to work out at home. Now my home is now my place of business. It's my, um, it's where I take care of my kids, where I rest, where I eat. And I kind of wanted to get out on my own. And I've, I've traditionally always been a pretty half decent runner, uh, motivated runner to go out on my own. But I have found over the last little bit, I'm less motivated to go out. I, I, I actually want to almost turn off my brain on, on exercise and, and despite me working out throughout the day, I, just, I also started noticing that I was not making the kinds of changes. In fact, I've I've been going up in in the scale. I've been going um, I, I I've been going down in the strength because of the the amount of equipment that I have. So I thought, how can I remix my own fitness? What can I do? I've you know I've, I've tried running on my own. I've tried little challenges. Uh, my wife's a big time runner, so she was telling me some of the things that she was doing. I, I tried doing that, and it wasn't working. I wasn't finding that fun i wasn't finding that captivating enough so um just by some by some fluke by some chance I, I i saw my neighbor running and i was like hey how far do you run how where do you go and you know that accountability factor is what i need that extra one so he calls me up he messages me in the morning 15 minutes before we go for the run he says hey are you awake and i'll be honest i'm not awake but i, <laughs> I hear the ding go off i hear my snooze alarm go. i see his message and it says and i and i write yes i'm awake and there we go. We go off running together. So it's been a nice little switch for us. And those are the kinds of things that those are the kinds of adjustments that, you know, we all know we need to make, but sometimes we don't. And I think for myself being having going going through all those ups and downs and, um, you know, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss, weight gain, I've, I've come down to the, the true arc of success in the fitness portion, which is you need to make this fun for yourself. If it's not enjoyable, if it doesn't get your kind of uh, blood going a little bit, um, it, you're, it's not going to happen. Like how many people do you know, and maybe yourself, including myself, I'll, I'll say from even on my end, how many gym memberships have you had in your lifetime that you get, you're excited, you go for a week, and then you don't. And then that keeps kind of rolling over, rolling over. And you keep telling yourself, you're going to go, you're going to go. But why don't you go? Why don't exactly. you go? And I, th I think that's a question that a lot, not a lot of people uh, dare to ask themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat right now. I'm, I'm heavier than I have been in a few years. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, just the, the change of pace during the pandemic and, and just, you know, having a more, um, sedentary you know, lifestyle probably yeah right? like, sedentary lifestyle mm -hmm. you know just you know things changed in life and and i didn't pay as much attention to to you know the the nutrition and the fitness that i should have mm -hmm. been um i've never been you know a hardcore fitness guy um you know but you mentioned the gym memberships and yeah i've been there um uh, you know absolutely in fact um you know, the, the last gym that i was a member of it was actually a great experience uh, other than in, as a general rule, I just hate going to gyms because one, I don't like working out in front of people mm -hmm. and I don't like having to, I don't, I don't like having to deal with the crowds of a gym. Mm -hmm. Um, and in our area, that's, it's a huge problem. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a situation where my general workout time is peak gym hours. Mm -hmm. So, um, just doesn't interest me much, but I did work out with a trainer who, was amazing um, and got me into boxing and it, it, it really changed my mindset a lot because if I'm just going to a gym to walk on a treadmill or walk on the elliptical or, you know, sit on the stationary bike or whatever, it, it I'm not going to be consistent with it. But when he brought me through this, not only boxing, but, you know, an entire circuit of exercises with boxing mixed in, then it became fun for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I miss. It's not the gym that I miss. It's the experience with that trainer and the, that, that circuit of exercises and the boxing that I really miss. And that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I, again, like you said, it's about finding, finding the part of that, that, that becomes fun. And once it becomes fun, then, it's not work anymore. Exactly. You know, for myself, like how, how I lost the weight through twice 
you know, and I'm going to even say on my road to the third time uh, is, you know, is not going to work for for you or for the next person or the next person. You know, I lost the weight the first time through purely just going to the gym, strength training, you know, the chest presses, the deadlifts, the curls, all that stuff. The second time was through was through my love of martial arts. I've been in martial arts my whole life, but, you know, really taking it seriously and going on and doing that and training with kettlebells. Like kettlebells was like this new thing. I've been weight training my whole life. And now I find this little bell thing and it looks odd. I want to learn how to do it. And even though we're doing very similar moves, it's different at the same time. The circuit styles are different, um, you know, and this third time around, you know, I'm, I'm trying something different. I don't know if it's going to work, if it's not going to work. But when I first started, people were always asking me, like, Jimmy, how did you how did you lose all that weight? Like, what did you do exactly? And I would tell them, like, OK, I, I want to try that. So, you know, when I first started, I was only charging like five dollars an hour. Uh, I wasn't like a, a pro trainer or anything like that. This was, you know, probably like 12, 15 years ago before I even decided, like, this is something that I'm going to I'm going to go and do as a, as a career. And they just hated it. They're just like this. What is this? Like, why do I have to do like more? And finally, you know, I got a couple people on board onto, onto what I was doing. I thought, you know what, I can make this a, I can make this a business. And uh, I started training people at home at their homes. And I would go to this gentleman's house uh, every, every day. He said, I need, I need to lose 35 pounds. I need to do it. I need to do it. And of course, in the beginning it does great. The second month it rolls around and the motivation is not that high. I actually had, he gave me the code to his house and he says, if I'm sleeping, Jimmy, come in and wake me up. So I would go in Literally every day it was just like getting worse and worse and worse. And finally we were, we were lifting weights and he just, he just dropped the weight on, on the floor. And I, I thought something had happened and he said, Jimmy, and uh, maybe in not so kind words. Uh, and I mean, he was always kind to me, but didn't a lot of explicits into this, but he said, I don't care that I lift one more time or five more times the next day. I don't care that next week I can lift this same weight or lift this weight five pounds heavier. It doesn't interest me. And just so happened, I have, I always keep my gear in my car. And I, I said, okay. And I left and he thought I was leaving, but I thought he thought I had given up. But in fact, I went into my car, I grabbed my pair of boxing pads, gloves, and we started exercising. We started, we started boxing just like, just like yourself going through just basic circuits. And I said, look, don't, don't think about it. Just we'll put on a little timer, three minutes, just like they would in a boxing ring, one minute rest. And let's just do it. And lo and behold, six rounds later, he is, he's on the floor gasping for air. Uh, but all smiles and he goes to me and says, do you consider this exercise? Did we, did we just exercise? And I said, yeah, yeah, we did. And he said, that didn't feel like exercise. And I was like, exactly. And from that point on, I have always tried to search for that aha moment in somebody, um, whether it is through boxing, another quick story here, another client of mine just didn't like weight training, didn't want to run, didn't want to do this, didn't want to do that. And I said, what do you want to do? He said, well, if I, if, I had, if I had the time, if I had the resources, I would love to play basketball. He says, why don't you play basketball? He's like, well, you know, it rains outside, this and this and that. I just so happen to have some experience on renting uh, schools, a school gymnasiums in, in, in our area in Toronto here. And I says, what if I got you a permit? Uh, if I got us a permit to play basketball in a, in a gymnasium, do you think you could pull a couple friends together? He's like, yeah, sure, but where is it? And it was like an hour, like an hour away. And he says, oh, that's so far. I was like, look, just, just give it a try once a week, or does this this one time? So we go off. We we I rent the room. He gets his good buddies to come play. They're terrible. They're running around, but uh, you know, we, I said, look, I have the permit for two hours. You know, we don't have to stay for the whole two hours. They wanted to stay longer. Of course, we couldn't. So he says, can we make this a regular thing? And I said, well, I thought this was an hour away. I, th I thought you can't, uh, you can't go there. He's like, no, 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 I, I, I want to go. And next thing you know, he's got this little mini league happening here. He wants to rent more time. Now he's playing basketball two times a week. Our workout sessions that we train together, totally different now. Now he's motivated to play better basketball. He wants to be stronger in the paint. He wants to have more cardio. He wants to reduce his chances of injuries. So now our workouts are catered towards him playing basketball on that Tuesday, Thursday, and being healthy enough to play it. And that was a quick mindset change. And next thing you know, he lost 60 pounds. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we touched on it a little bit already, but I want to go back to really the basics, really the beginning of 
the beginner student, the the, you know, the beginner <laughs> client, the the maybe even before being considered a beginner. So you host all these classes on YouTube, your your audio workouts, and the the difficulty levels vary. Uh, you've got some beginner workouts, you've got some more advanced stuff. But what do you tell a person who isn't quite at the beginning level yet? What do you tell that person who is still in the mindset that they don't think they can do the exercises or that they're not able to last a full 15 or 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. I tell them to just keep doing it. Give something a chance for 30 days. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't had clients come into my studio or I haven't had clients come to my virtual sessions and all of them just go ahead and they love it. Right. They come and they do it. And they're thinking to my, they're, they, they always tell me every, almost every client has told me that, wow, this is pretty hardcore. And I used to always think to myself, hardcore, that is not the class that I had in mind. That is not the session that I had in mind. Maybe I need to make this easier. So I would make it easier, less sets, less reps, new client, same thing. Wow. This is hardcore. Okay. Make it, make it even easier, less sets, more breaks. <laughs> wow, this is hardcore. And I would think to myself, okay, there's either, and I was thinking, I can't make this any easier. My job here is to push you to the point where, um, you know, not, not you're so exhausted, not so tired that you, that you hate your life, but that you feel alive, right? And whatever it is that we're doing. In the beginning of any time that anybody exercises, and if anybody has started exercising, you know the beginning is the hardest. You're going to have a whole week of DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness, right? This is you working out on Monday, Tuesday, you wake up, you're like, yeah, I feel kind of stiff. Wednesday, you wake up and you think, holy crap, what is wrong with me? I've had people tell me like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm, I'm so much more sore than the day before. That can't be normal. That is normal. You know, but if you keep doing it for that week, uh, for the, up until that second week, you'll feel less sore. By that third week, you're even less sore. Fourth week, you, it's manageable is what I always tell people. And that it doesn't matter whether you decide to do body weight training, strength training, whether you decide to go bouldering, cycling, that progression is always going to be the same. You're going to feel crappy the first week, but you're going to feel alive. You, you're going to know that things are muscles are there that maybe you didn't even you didn't even know. I always say day three is the worst. <laughs> day three is always the worst. Day three, day is, three the worst. is the worst. So, all right, let's, uh, let's talk laundry detergent. <laughs> okay. So you, you did a workout video, a full 30 minute workout video with a container of laundry detergent, which is proof that you don't need to buy a bunch of expensive gear to get fit. What are some other household items? What are some other things that people can use right now with no no fitness gear in their house. What are some things that they can do and use to get started? Yeah. And you know what? This is what this pandemic has really shown us. When I was training with with the people with my people, my group uh, at Remix My Fitness, nobody really had any weights. So I was thinking, okay, what could I tell them to bring? So everybody have everybody does laundry at some point in time. At least I at least I hope so. So there's the laundry detergent. Um, there are water bottles that you can fill, not just with water, but you can fill it with sand. You can pack a backpack with blankets, uh, pillows, or even, even things that are a little bit heavier, and you can put them on your backpack. You can put them on your back. You can put them on your front. In fact, you know, fitness fitness companies, fitness equipment companies, they sell these things. They're called they're called sandbags, and there's a whole sandbag routine certification, all that stuff like that. Lo and behold, we can fill our own backpacks up. And it'd be less than way less than what you would pay for any sandbag or anything like that. Um, we got people use, I had people using bricks. The one thing though, the one thing that I'll say people not to use, which I found very common was wine bottles, wine bottles. I couldn't believe how many people were using wine bottles to work out. And, and I, I'm sure it sounds like a great idea, but one little clang of the, of the bottles, thankfully, nobody, nobody ever, uh, Nobody ever broke bottles on my screen, but I, I, I can only imagine like at least somebody somewhere down the line must have broken some bottles somewhere down the line there. But yeah, uh, laundry detergent, uh, water bottles, 
bricks, backpacks, I think are all great substitutes. You got a box, fill that box up, tape it up. And there you go. And, and people would always say like, it's awkward. It feels weird. You know, it, uh, it's not even what have you ever picked up in real life? That is even what have you ever picked up that, that in real life that will have a handle and both sides weigh exactly the same. I still train now because I don't have I don't have kettlebells that are multiple kettlebells that are the same weight. So I am doing double lifts with odd weights. So are my clients. Um, nobody has a left shoulder twice as big as the right shoulder. Nobody has a <laughs> bicep, you know, smaller than the other. It all evens out somewhere down <laughs> somewhere down the line. So when you when you say you're doing double lifts with odd weights, does that mean you're holding two kettle pan? two kettlebells in one hand to make a certain weight heavier. Yes. So there's a way you can hold the kettlebells to make it, um, you know, to make things heavier, you know, thankfully they have those handles, but also I might have a 20 pound kettlebell or sorry, a 12 kilo kettlebell in one hand, a 16, kettle, a 16 kettle, uh, a kilogram kettlebell on the other hand, that's almost a 10 pound difference on, on each side. So as I'm pressing things above my head, sure, this it's a little awkward, but, Funny enough, you know, with a little bit with enough practice, your brain recognizes like, hey, you know what? I got to push just a little bit harder on this side, on that side. And though your hands will come up evenly. I promise. And you. then you then you switch and it balances. Then you out switch. Yeah, you, you, you got to switch, you know, at some point. <laughs> I, you know, what's what's great about that, you know, is I always tell people um, it's a great way to find out what side is a lot stronger than the other. What side is a lot coordinated than the other. And it's sometimes oftentimes it's not what you think it's going to be everyone thinks their dominant hand is always going to be dominant in every single exercise. It's not, it's not. And over the years I have learned that very quickly that, um, you know, your right side, if you're right-handed won't always work the best. There are some certain movements, certain exercises that you, that your left side, your least dominant side is going to, uh, going to be far superior. And whenever I see clients, they, 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 they do that. I see their eyes open up. They're like, Whoa, I had no idea about, about that, about myself. Hmm. That's interesting. Very cool. So tell me, what's uh, what's your typical workout like? No, no, no podcast, no video classes, <laughs> just MC Kim working out. What what is your your typical weekly workout routine? Is it five days, three days? How are you? How are you mixing it up? How I'm mixing it up? I'm I literally am mixing it up because Monday to Saturday I have a very scheduled routine. I, especially now, you know, now that I'm doing things virtually, it's, you know, I am training four to six times a day on camera with people. Granted, it is not perhaps with the heaviest of the weight that I could possibly use because I got to talk and I got to train and I got to do this multiple times in a day. I, I am only, I am only human, you know, so I can only do so much. <laughs> How I do the other things throughout, throughout the week is, um, you know, as, as I've mentioned, I, I try to keep things interesting for myself. So three days out of the week, I'll go for some type of run. It won't always be a distance run. Sometimes I like doing sprints. Sometimes I like running up hills. I really go by, I, I've dedicated three days of the week where I'm going to go for that run. The other times I love, uh, I picked up longboarding uh, last year. And uh, it's a new skill that I'm, I'm trying to learn. I woke up one, one morning um, and I was... I just kind of feeling a little bored. I wanted to kind of break out of the routine. I told my wife, I was like, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm going to step out for a minute. Next thing you know, I'm coming with a longboard, a helmet. I have no idea how to do it. Um, you know, I, so I longboard around and it's for me, I get a great workout out of it. Uh, especially as you're trying to go up the hill and I've been trying to practice both sides. Um, the other times I will, I actually have been teaching my, my family, my wife and my, my eldest son, who's seven right now, uh, martial arts. I train them in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, three times a week as well. Uh, so I mix in my, my training with them. Uh, we do a lot of gymna home gymnastics with my little one. Uh, we just started doing that a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, and then if I can squeeze in a heavy lift, I'll, I try to do like at least one, one big heavy lift day on my, on my own, just to kind of keep up with the strength and, and things like that. But, uh, that is what my typical week looks like now during, um, you know, during the last, last year, the other times, like I said before, I was very fortunate where I had access to different gyms, um, like strongman gyms, CrossFit gyms, gymnastics, track and field areas. Cause you know, you kind of, over the years, you make connections with different people and, uh, you become friends with them and things like that. So they always kind of, you know, would leave me the key and things like that. So, um, I, that's how I'd always mix up my training as well. And I, I would tend not to do 
I, and what I loved about it everywhere I went with different culture, different equipment, 20 pounds at one gym did not feel, did not feel the same at another gym, despite it saying 20 pounds, different hmm. grips, different pieces of uh, iron. I, they were always way, always weighed 20 pounds. It was just different. And, you know, to me, to make any kind of change in your body, you, you need to consistently kind of, uh, you know, trick your body into going like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But, Aside from that, I, I really need to, since this is my kind of my world, this is what I, what I do almost, almost 24 hours a day. I, 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 I follow the rule of what is exercise. Exercise is anything that's going to get your blood moving, your heart pumping, your lungs, your lungs working. You're going to, if you're going to build up a little bit of a sweat, that's even a little bit of a nice bonus because you kind of feel that adrenaline kind of rush. All those things that I just mentioned are all part of exercise. And that to me is like a, something that's important, important message to go on and tell your listeners out there, tell anybody who's listening, because we get stuck into thinking exercise is a certain thing, treadmill, gym, group class, Zumba, whatever it may be, but it's, it is much, 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 much more than that. You know, and it's uh, kind of going back, going back to that fun factor of it. I do all those things, not because I have to, I do all those things because I really, really want to. So it just makes it easier for me to go out and, and be able to kind of change different things. And, you know, I'm not married to these things. You know, pe people think like, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do yoga and yoga is my religion. And that, that's what it's going to be all about. And once they fall off yoga, there's this immense, immense amount of guilt. Like, oh, you know, if I could only, if I only went back to yoga, I would, you know, all these things would happen if I, if I only continue to go back to the gym, you know, and, and this crazy amount of guilt, but we're allowed to change. We're allowed to like different things, you know, throughout our, throughout our lifetime. And, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, a lot of my um, peers will kind of say, well, you, you've, you've done this, you've done that, you've done, you, you know, you've tried this, you know, when are you going to stick to that one thing? And I said, why do, why do I have to, you know, I, I, I like it all. I like it all. That, so that sounds boring. All, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, I mean, I mean, and this, and then again, to me, it, to me, it's boring to them. It's, it's, it's so fun. It's so fun to do. Right. So um, right now, look, honestly, though, the longboarding is keeping me busy. It is, uh, uh, it's, it's so fun to kind of bl blitz through around our city with it. And uh, it's also kind of a little bit of that, that danger factor, you know, too. So, <laughs> so, so what, what about, longboarding what what is that working when you're longboarding because I, I think that a lot of people see you know see kids out on the street longboarding mm -hmm. and they're you know don't they don't see an exercise in that obviously there's a there's a kick motion that needs mm -hmm. to happen um but what is what does that really entail mm -hmm. so um if you ever tried kicking up up a hill, I think you'll quickly realize, you know, you got your legs, your legs are working, uh, your hips are working. Um, the big thing that I always, I always get, you know, whenever I talk about martial arts or, you know, any kind of like dance class, people always talk about coordination. Like coordination is terrible. You'll, you'll quickly learn how to get coordinated, you know, we're skateboarding. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I'm guessing there's probably some core. I was going to do exactly you, what I was going to say. The core strength as well. Balance. And so the core strength is probably, you know, it's, it's, it's probably there. And even the, you know, even the, the people that are riding don't realize it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I have no core. So <laughs> um, I found everybody that does. Every, everybody does. It's just sometimes we don't know how to, we don't know how to activate it, you know? So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, those, those things and like, uh, I, I try to work both sides of my body and that is, that is quite the challenge. I am, I don't think no, really no different than anyone else. I have one dominant side and I have one not so dominant side. So you can only imagine what the skateboarding looks like on there. And uh, talking about, you know, onlookers looking at young kids, they, they, you know, I probably have onlookers looking at me going like, what is that guy doing? <laughs> what is that old guy doing over there on the skateboard? Well, I tell you what, we've, we've talked training, we've talked living but you say that there's more than one way to train, eat, and live. So let's talk about the eating part of that All statement. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I love food. I'm, I'm originally from New Orleans. So uh, you put a bowl of gumbo in front of me or a mm -hmm. bowl of red beans and rice or some cornbread, and hey, I'm all in. Right. Um, so I can easily say that, that dieting and sticking to a nutritional plan mm -hmm. has always been difficult for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's 
you know, it's definitely a mindset. I have to, I have to really set myself up uh, for that. What do you teach about eating and what works best for you and your, and your clients? So it really depends on, on what the goal is. So I, I factor, I factor any, any of these three concepts or all these three concepts. Whenever I meet somebody, we set a goal. And once we set that goal, there's going to be a challenging portion to that goal, right? So if your goal is to lose weight, if your goal is to gain weight, if your goal is to build muscle, there's a formula for that. And I'll tell you the quick skinny of what the formula is. And depending on what your goal is, you have to kind of play with that, which is mm -hmm. if you want to lose weight, it's very easy. It's a very easy concept that is, which is you need to eat less and you need to move more. Now, how are you going to do those things? That's the difficult part. But if I'm looking to gain weight, it's the same thing. I'm going to eat more and I'm going to train very heavy. So it's kind of just basically about mixing those things in. Now, what if your general goal is to be have just general health? And when I think of general health, I think of um, you know having a certain BMI, having a certain blood pressure level, certain cholesterol level, uh, your resting heart rate at a certain level. If you want those things, you generally don't need to change too much in your diet. Right. It's generally usually just a little bit of portion control. Instead of eating two servings, you have one serving. Um, if you're looking to lose weight, this is where perhaps you're going to need to make some changes. And I always tell people the number one thing you need to do, and, and, and even though it sucks, is you need to track your calories. You need to track at least for that first week. You make that a challenge for yourself and say, hey, what am I eating? And I have heard this time and time and time again. I don't really eat that much or I know what I'm eating. I eat the same thing all the time uh, and it's not really that bad. Just could you track your calories for me? Could you, could you just try it? Just entertain me. Yeah, just entertain <laughs> me. Yeah, take, you know, take this part of the process. A week goes by. I can't believe that I eat at this time. I eat at that time. I can't believe I drink this much. I had no idea the calories were in this, 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 this. And then a light bulb goes off. So from there, what is one thing that we can change? Your Coke that you're drinking every day, can we buy smaller cans? Can we cut that out? Can we substitute that extra bowl of rice for an extra a plate of vegetables? Can we do those things? You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of diets, the traditional diets, let's say the keto diet, the carnivore diet, the, you know, uh, what else is there? The paleo diet, all that stuff, all that stuff there. Those will get you the results guaranteed. If your goal is to lose weight, they'll, they'll any diet, whatever they're promising, um, scientifically based will give you the results that you're looking for. But how many times have you gone on a diet? where you've done really well, you've lost a little bit of weight, but how many times have you gained that weight back plus a little bit? Because it didn't meet within your lifestyle, right? It didn't match with what you were doing. You have, you have a goal in mind and you met that challenge by going through that seven-day keto diet or that 12-day um, you know, body cleanse or whatever it may be. But then what happens after? All of a sudden, what, are you going to stop meeting your friends? If I told my mom, I said, mama, you know, I'm going to stop eating noodles and rice. And for those of us out there, I'm, I'm Asian. So that is like a very, you know, tall task. And my mom would, would, would definitely have quite a few choice words for me if I were to do something <laughs> like that. It's not going to meet, it doesn't meet in my lifestyle. So if I can't change that, you know, what are some other things that I can do? And the biggest thing is going to be, you know, you know, I find mostly it's portion control. We eat too much. You know, anytime that we have gotten, let's say the stomach flu, or if we've gotten sick, or we've had to, you know, do a certain regimen because we absolutely had to. One of the big things that always runs into my mind is we actually don't really need that much food to like still have the same amount of energy and, and have to have things going. But, and then most of the, most of the people, you know, after and after they've been a little, you know, had that stomach blood bug for a few days, they get a step on the scale and they're like, whoa, actually, I didn't need that much food to survive despite me being sick. 
And I feel great right now, like kind of still kind of eating that same render. They still have the leftovers from whatever they were eating before. And I can continue to do this, but it doesn't work that way. What happens? You got to go out. You got to go on dates. You got movie night. You got to meet friends. You got barbecues. You got things like that. All this temptation is all there, right? To, to go kind of go back. And why not? I'm, an, I'm not saying like you shouldn't do those things, but going back to what are your goals? So if your goal really is to go out and shed 30 pounds and you've decided to take on that challenge and you've, you've hopefully you've made this you know process fun for yourself, you kind of need to take that next step and, you know, kind of re- reevaluate your whole entire life, you know, and that's where I think the eating part is, can be the most difficult part because eating is so, it's not like working out like once a day or once every other day, eating is something that we do every day three to six times a day. So that's a huge, that's a huge change that we need to make in ourselves. Exactly. And it, you know, it's eating is part of living. So, mm-hmm. you know, they do go hand in hand and uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people live to eat, unfortunately. And I think, you know, we all go through phases in our life where, where, you know, food is very important. Food is a very, like, as you said, food is a very cultural thing as well. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's, it definitely makes sense to, um, find a, a happy medium, a balance instead of going off in these extreme directions, which, Hey, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we know, all are. I, I've done it. And, you know, honestly, because of having gastric bypass and, you know, I, after you have that surgery, there is a very strict, diet that you have to follow that is not uh it's not conventional by any means um so you know you find yourself working your way back into eating regular foods and Mm -hmm. you start to test the limits you start to try foods that you know you once loved and don't know if they're going to work for you anymore (laughs) and so you yeah it's you you do have to relearn to live your life in a way that you can still balance a, a happy nutritional place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you're exactly right. It, you know, it's the, the, the common question I'll, you know, I'll get often is what do I need to eat to lose weight? And I always kind of caution people. I think, you know, what you need to do to lose weight. I, I, I think, you know, what snacks you're you're going through your cupboards or at in the middle of the night. I think you know what, you know, what treats you're giving yourself when you go to the coffee shop, uh, or when you go out for for your midday coffee, what you're what you're giving yourself, right? I, I think most people people know. And for me to sit here, yes, I can give you a list. I and I can I can even follow a list. I can have my protein and I can have my vegetable and I can have that you know, three to four times a day with a side of yams and a side of brown rice and quinoa and all that stuff like that. You can, here you go. This is what you need to do. And people look at that and like, well, I can't do that. You know, and for majority of us, we can't, that takes a very, very special person to go, to go ahead and do that. Um, You know, if I can, you know, talk about like fitness models and bodybuilders, you know, the, the other common thing that I'll get from, from people is they'll tell me, you know, Jimmy, I, I want to work out and I, I'm willing to commit to this, but I don't want to look like those people in the magazines, on the cover of the magazines and things like that. And I, I never tell them this in the beginning. I always it always comes up later, though, because I, I want to make sure that that they know what my opinion about it is, which is how dare you? How dare you think that you could look like someone like that in the magazine? Um, you should be aspiring to be that way. That has taken so much work so much effort not just in the gym but they have made they have decided that they're going to make that lifestyle change where they are going to eat only chicken breasts and broccoli and brown rice you know multiple times in a day you you watch any bodybuilder or fitness model blogger out there and they'll say i hate eating i hate eating and they're just scarfing down food i just recently had a nice little chat with a very good friend of mine also another trainer and she just competed in her first bikini uh bikini modeling contest at the age of 40. and she told me she says jimmy and i saw her picture she looked wonderful and she said jimmy i have never trained this hard in my life i've never eaten this well this much in my life 
and I've never looked this good in my life. But can I tell you something? She said, what? She said, while I was on stage, all I was thinking about was, what am I going to eat after this? Because I feel, even though I look amazing, she's like, I feel crappy. I feel cramped. I, I just want I just want to have chocolate milk. I want to have chocolate. I want to have a chocolate sundae. All I'm thinking about is chocolate while I'm smiling up there on, on stage, you know? So it's, uh, it, you know, it really goes to show like how much dedication needs to go in there. But, you know, they do this at the end of the day, you know, kind of going back, you know, I keep harping on this fun part because I, I think it's, I think it's so important that they love doing this and it's about you finding something that you're going to enjoy doing. And the only way you're going to find that out is by trying different things and seeing what works for you. That's right. Make Including the choice, the make, make the choice, find, find something that's fun for you mm -hmm. and then just be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and be, be open to making changes. Like if it's, it could be fun for you for the next six months, but uh, you're not married to it, right? You, you're allowed to change and find something else and progress to progress to something else. So for me, like I, I have found the love for being in the gym. I love strength training. I love all aspects of strength training. Um, the Olympics are coming up. I am, I am stoked about it uh, to kind of see the, the weight training that's happening, uh, the track and field that's happening. That's my personal jam. My wife, on the other hand, she's going to hate it that I'm going to be watching the Olympics the, the whole time. And, you know, I look at it on, on the perspective of how they're training and all that stuff like that. So I have a little extra extra eye on there. But for her, that that's that's not her jam. She she does. She could care less. She could care less about it. She cares more about her her morning runs um, and doing martial arts these days. You know, that that's her jam. And that's that's probably not yours or, or some of the other listeners out there. But. The reason why she knows is because she has tried. She has tried it all. Being with me, she has been able to go to gyms and go to track fields and try all these things for a little bit. And and said, you know, that wasn't really that wasn't really her thing. So, you you, you got to try stuff. And and you know, even with the food, right? Like it's uh, the I think diets are there to kind of create rules for you, but and not when you fall off of them that you you kind of you you go you regress to where you were plus a little bit right we call this we call this yo-yo yo-yo dieting but i think one of the good things that diets do give you is it gives you a fresh perspective of how you're eating so again diets will show you that you don't really need to eat as much as you're eating right now to survive to live to be happy and to have you know all this kind of energy and also you know most of the time introduces you to new things that you probably wouldn't have tried before. When I know when I first started doing paleo diet, I was like spaghetti squash. I'm like, I don't spaghetti squash, uh, uh, pasta. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that, you know? And, uh, it turns out I actually, I actually do like it. <laughs> I, I've grown to grown to like it, that and some cauliflower rice, uh, my kids, not so much. And they're not big fans of that. <laughs> <laughs> MC Kim has spoken. Actually, we do a lot of uh, spaghetti squash and mm. uh, spiralized uh, zucchini and there things like that. So, uh, so I get it, man. I get it. it you, you have to you have to find that balance and find the alternatives that work. Uh, there are some things that that just don't do it for me, but there are some things like that that mm -hmm. that uh, I'm, I'm sure during your during your your process, you might have you you've had to you you mentioned that you went on a strict diet. Uh, you know, certain things you, there must be some things that you you're still doing from back then that you're doing now. Oh, sure. Um, you know, the big thing with, with the gastric bypass is, uh, making sure that you get the, the protein. Um, so for me, and it's not a daily routine. Well, it is to a point it, it changes, uh, you know, depending on, on what I feel like doing right now, I'm, I'm actually drinking, you know, a pre-made, uh, protein, premier protein shake. Um, we buy the cases of them from Costco and, you know, I'll have one or two of those a day, um, just to make sure I'm getting the, the protein in, um, other times I'll make, you know, my own smoothies and, and I've, I've found some great recipes that I love. And, you know, my wife is like, you're, you're putting what in that? <laughs> um, you know, it's, I'm, I don't like, I'm not a greens guy. I don't like uh, a lot of lettuce and spinach and things like that. But, um, you know, you take some baby kale and throw it in a smoothie and mix it with some berries and, you know, frozen banana and some protein powder. And 
the kale, you don't taste the kale. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know, if I can, if I can make that smoothie and know that I'm getting, you know, that nutritional value from it, then it's all good. I, mm-hmm. I have no problem doing that. So that's one thing that, you know, that was, gosh, that was 06 when I had the surgery. So it's been, you know, quite a while now. And that's been the one consistent um, is the protein drinks, the protein shakes. Uh, but I still, you know, there, there are other things uh, that I find uh, affect me differently. Other foods that affect me differently now than, uh, than before the surgery. One of them, and it's very, I still have not been able to figure this out. Um, anything that's made with ground meat, hmm. ground, ground beef, actually, um, whether it's meatloaf, meatballs, um, you know, anything like that, it, 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 I just get a weird, you know, it, I get, I feel like I get full faster, feel like it kind of sits, sits up high, you know, for, for a while. It's, it's a very, Same. you would expect to have that type of feeling with a more solid type of yeah, food. I was about um, to say, but it's, it, I don't know what it is about the, you know, those types of foods, the grant, you know, the, the meatballs, the meatloaves, the, the, you know, those types of things. But, uh, but yeah, that was a, that's a real weird one for me. And it, I, you know, I still eat it. Um, but I know like I, I get full really fast. Um, but then I might be hungry again, two hours later and need to have, you know, something else in between meals. Um, it, it's very common, um, for a, uh, a bariatric surgeon, surgeon to make sure that the patients know that, you know, you're, your routine is now six meals a day Mm. because you're going to eat a very small portion. You're going to sip your protein drink and sip your water in between, but then you're going to be hungry again a lot sooner than what you expect to be. And so um, it's a learning process, um, you know, just like anything else. And uh, you know, the first few weeks coming out of that surgery is definitely an experience because you, you know, they just did, major procedures on your on your intestinal uh you know stomach and intestinal organs and there's there are things that need to heal in there so you come out of that surgery on a a a very small liquid diet um, which basically you know consists of just clear liquids and protein drinks and then you work your way up i mean you literally go into a pureed diet phase before you can start eating the soft foods mm-hmm. and then, you know, work your way from the soft foods to the to solid foods. And, um, you know, that's a four, four or five week process of going through that. And so, you know, to go through that, I, you know, it makes me, it makes me appreciate, um, the mindset that people go through when they want to try these different diets. Um, because it, it really is like, I, you don't have a choice after you have gastric bypass surgery. If you don't follow that diet, you're going to be back on the table, um, you know, getting a repair procedure done. Um, so it's really, it's, it's less about mindset after the surgery and more about just healing. Um, whereas, you know, these diets that you mentioned earlier, these other programs that are available, it really comes down to, you know, making, making the the decision to try them and then realizing that when you're done with that, you still have to continue some sort of balance or everything that you just worked so hard for is going to come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always very like conflicted with it, you know, because I, I feel like diets are a great way to spark the change, but more often than not diets are, um, they, they, they do more harm than, than good. You know, it, I think people very get caught up with, you know, I don't know where this stat comes from, but people always kind of throw it out there, you know, losing weight or gaining muscle, 90% of it happens in the kitchen or 90% is what, what you put in. I don't know about uh, 90%. I, I really firmly believe it's, it's like a 50, 50 kind of portion to it. You, you need to be physical and you need to feed your body some good stuff. Again, going back to your goals, if, if your goal is to have, you know, a, a six pack that you could do your laundry off of, you're going to have to really go to the gym very hard and you're really going to have to, you know, dial back your dial, 
down your eating to a certain a certain number of, we call it macronutrients, your protein, carbs, and fat, you're going to have to really dial that down. And even that is a pure experiment on you, how you do your macro, how like I'll use Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, a very famous actor and bodybuilder, how he does his macronutrients is very different from the next person that took the throne from him, uh, named Ronnie Coleman, another bodybuilder, very different. Very, very different. Um, and, you know, even as professionals, they are constantly experimenting with, okay, what if I do this? I, I, I recently interviewed a, um, an amateur, Mr. Olympia, and he went to Mr. Olympia. Uh, the, it's a very big bodybuilding contest. Um, I think it was in December. And I was asking him about his food regimen, like, what did you do? You know, uh, I, I, I kind of mentioned uh, Ronnie Coleman and how at one competition he, he had a couple shots of vodka the couple of uh, the night before. And when he, when he does this and when he wakes up, he is a lot more, um, he's a lot more lean, uh, lean, a lot more lean this way. It's something about the alcohol that affects his body and he's able to lean out. Um, got that advice from another bodybuilder, this hmm. bodybuilder that I interviewed, I, and I said, well, you know, did you, you know, I just joke, I was just kind of joking around. Did you happen to have a sip of a sip of vodka before, you know, the night before he's like, no, he's actually the night before what I ate was the two greasiest cheeseburgers that I could possibly find. And I ate that. And I was I, that took me back. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I do hardcore, hardcore dieting, 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 dieting. And I have found that if I eat something greasy the, uh, the night before, so he's like, something about my body just feels more full. It looks better. And he's like, I've been doing this for years and years and years. And uh, he's a firm believer that my um, my head coach at, uh, at the place that I do martial arts, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, before any of his big fights, his MMA fights, his Jiu-Jitsu fights, he will always have a slice of pizza the night before. After weighing in, after dieting, he needs that slice of pizza. And he says it just makes him feel just like has more energy and you wouldn't think that these people who have been training their whole you know that whole time that putting in that time putting in that grind for that moment would go out and do something like that but they do and they have they get the results that they want out of it and it just goes to show that that one slice of pizza that one burger doesn't ruin everything mm -hmm. it's the fact that they did it yeah and then they got back into their routine. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I mean, I mean, of course, that doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> don't go, sure. oh, yeah, don't go around eating a slice of pizza before <laughs> before you do like an Ironman contest or something like that. But uh, you know, for that for them, they've they've been doing this their whole life. They've experimented, and maybe by some crazy chance that they were just, I you know, I kind of always imagined how it must have came about was. They must have just went and, and, and just said, you know what, forget it. You know, I'm not going to do well tomorrow. I'm just going to kind of quit. And maybe they had the burger. They woke up the next day and they they just they just felt amazing. And, and from that point on, it became some sort of tradition. But uh, who knows? But, you know, again, kind of goes to show that there's there's so many different ways to go about this. And I really believe it's, it's about experimenting. Like no one knows yourself. No one knows your body better than you do. Not some dietitian, not some personal trainer, uh, not anybody, you know, you've been in this body longer than anybody else. You know, what's going to affect you. Um, you know, what's going to affect you. You know what you need to do. Sometimes you just need that little extra push to kind of get, get you going. Jimmy, I know you said that things are still, uh, still shut down up in, uh, in Toronto. Um, what's what's next for remix my fitness where can people find out about you how do they get started on their fitness journey with remix my fitness all right well i appreciate that um well as you mentioned i have the audio podcast workouts uh that come out every tuesday uh, at the remix my fitness podcast every thursday it is either uh, something motivational for me or if i have a guest interview i love to uh, I'll bring them out there on the Thursday. Uh, if you're looking to get started or if you, if you need some how to's on how to do some stuff, uh, there's some free information on YouTube uh, at the remix, my fitness channel, remix, my fitness website. If you're looking to actually, uh, if you need a little extra boost, a little extra help, I've been running virtual programs online every day, Monday to Friday, uh, 6 PM. It's a 30 minute workout. It's a virtual program live with me and a whole bunch of other people from team remix. And I'm there to kind of coach you through it, work, walk you through it, make sure that you're working hard and, and safely throughout the process. So that that's how you can get touch me really. Like I'm, I'm not a hard person to find. You just Google remix, my fitness and some, something, at least, uh, better better come up 
Yeah, you'll definitely find that I, I did the same thing and uh, <laughs> easily found all the information I needed. There it is. MC Kim, Jimmy Kim. Jimmy, thanks so much for chatting today. Uh, let me know next time you do a, a boxing class and uh, I'll try to jump in there with you guys. Amazing, amazing. I really appreciate, really appreciate you letting me come on to the show and talk to your listeners out there. And uh, yeah, if, if anybody loves to, if anybody would want to get in contact with me, um, you know, I love the old school way. And for me, I think the old school way these days has been kind of just emails, mckim at remixmyfitness.com. Uh, shoot me an email. Kind of takes me back to my old pen pal days. I love kind of hear from people. So, uh, so yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Jay. I hope you have an amazing one. And uh, yeah, get, get your box on whenever you guys, whenever you get a chance. Thanks for listening to Pelham Place. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends, family, and social circles. You can find Pelham Place on Instagram and Facebook at Pelham Place Show. And don't forget to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, be kind and do good.